It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, my friend, and welcome to Catch Up with Louise Makshari. This is the podcast where I do my best with my crack team of team of contributors, excuse me, uh, to catch you up in the week if you haven't been paying attention or you've tuned out, but you want to be caught up for the weekend or the week ahead, then this is the place to come. We will catch you up in the news. We'll catch you up in pop culture and we'll catch you up in just cool bits and pieces that are going on. Um, I hope you had a good week. I had a pretty good week. Um, I think the highlight of it was probably... Um, I was at the Rainbow Ball, which is a fundraising ball for Belong To on Friday night. And it was absolutely gorgeous. Andrew Fitzsimons invited me, which was super kind of him. And um, you probably know him from being a hairdresser. He's been on this podcast. He works with top level celebrities from JLo to the Kardashians. Um, he has his own brilliant hair care line, I have to say. But he also does unbelievable work for the LGBTQ plus community. Um, in LA, he works with the with trans people to make sure that they have what they need. And he is also an ambassador for Belong To. Um, so I, I went with him to the ball and it was just such a gorgeous evening. I mean, it's always fun to get dressed up and go out, let's be honest. But it's extra fun for me personally when there's a bit of meaning to it. And Andrew gave a beautiful speech about his own experience of homophobic bullying in school and many a lunchtime sat in the toilet on his own and how lonely it can be when you feel different to everyone else. Um, and it was really moving. And obviously belong to our, an organization which work with LGBTQ plus young people to try and help them feel less alone and empower them to, to kind of live a happy life. And uh, one of their... Uh, service owners, one of their members, um, B also got up and spoke about her experience and she was amazing. I think, I think, and I don't want to get this wrong, but I think she said she was only 13. Like she was really young, but so articulate and so impressive and just really made it clear how important services like belong to are. Um, and there was loads of money raised on the night and it just was an all round 
really brilliant experience. I have so much respect and admiration for the work that Belong To do. If you want to check them out, belongto.org is the website. Maybe you have a young person in your life who might benefit. Maybe you might be able to help them in some way or just make a donation. Um, but it was a it was a brilliant experience. I was super grateful to be there. Other than that, uh, mainly work and kids over the last week. Uh, I went to the launch of Bonnie Ryan's new collaboration with Sosu Cosmetics. I wouldn't often mention, because obviously I go to a lot of beauty events um, because I write a beauty column for the Indo in the Weekend magazine. Um, but uh, I am honestly so impressed by these products. So if you're in the market for some new beauty bits, I really would check it out. They they perform, as far as I'm concerned, like way beyond their price point. Um, they're not super expensive. The lip kits are gorgeous. Every single color is super wearable and beautiful. The liquid blush is so nice. Um, and then she also has a, a product called Contour and Glow, which is very similar, very similar to another price product that is at least three times the price, if not more. And um, it's got like a cream bronzer and then a cream highlight, but it's not a sparkly highlight. It's like a sheeny highlight. They're just gorgeous. Um, and I genuinely, I have used them every day since I got them. Um, I have not been paid to say this. I've not been asked to say this. I was given the products, but I just, uh, from one person to another, uh, genuinely, everything's so expensive these days that when something comes out that's really high quality, but not expensive, I think it's important to spread the word. Um, other than that, sure, you know yourself. I'm just ticking, ticking over. Um, anyway, I think we better get into the catch up of the week. Don't forget, by the way, there's extra episodes on the Patreon, or if you just want to support this podcast and help it to keep going, um, you can do that by joining the Patreon. There is a culture episode is up a little bit early this month because myself and James Cavanaugh were basically just dying to talk to each other about Big Brother. So if you've been watching Big Brother, you definitely want to go over there and listen to that. We have so many thoughts and feelings um, and they're all over there in an extended episode. Uh, but for now, let's get going. This week, Carl Kinsla of thejournal.ie was in Dublin. So we got to meet in person. Carl Kinsla, you were in my house. Oh, it's great to be here. Well, Lovely house. is it? It's chaotic. I'm, I'm enjoying the huge smiley face in the corner. Yes, I do have a huge smiley face in the corner. I also have a massive pile. This time of year is crazy as a beauty journalist because you get sent so much product in PR, Christmas product. And then I have to organize it because obviously everyone in my life gets a bag of product as part of their Christmas present. Yeah. But then I also make donations to a couple of different places and neighbors and all the rest. But it ends up being this massive job to kind of organize everything. And the organization, as you can see from the pile, has not begun. There's also two boxes in the conservatory. It's also it's a huge pile. I think the listeners, I, however big the listeners are imagining the pile to be, it's, mm. it's bigger than that. I don't talk about it very much because it feels like a weird thing to talk about. Like, oh, my, my pile of free stuff um it feels kind of obnoxious yeah. it's great to donate it though that's really cool yeah oh god yeah like i mean it's i i actually think the best part of the beauty job aside from obviously i get to try products and it was literally my dream like i actually talked about it extensively in therapy this week because oh, really? i was like i'm drowning in the product and my therapist was like let's go back why is this so hard for you to let go of it's like literally i spent years and years and years and years just desperately like wanting to be able to buy the things that i wanted because we didn't really have a lot of money sorry i've really gone deep hair anyway and now i am rich in product which was my dream um but uh so being able to kind of give it to people is the nicest thing yeah um, that's fabulous yeah and like especially for me for like you know i give to a women's refuge and i give to um to direct provision centers and stuff because i feel like women who don't have a lot of money and are maybe taking care of children are not going to prioritize themselves but like having 
your lipstick or your mascara or whatever can actually make such a difference to how you feel like yeah. getting set for the day. Um, so yeah, it's a, it's a nice, it's a nice privilege checking my privilege as I speak. Anyway, I, my husband is driven to by it. Like it's, <laughs> yeah. it's hard for him to stomach and I appreciate that, but like, they look. never send anything that he could use now. Oh, no. they do. No, they do. Yeah. He's rich in product too, oh, but he just doesn't nice. really yeah. care. Yeah. The real tragedy is that I get sent men's fragrances Ooh. and that's probably like the number one thing that I hand over to him, but he can't smell anything. No way. Yeah. Well, I'll I'll take some off your hands if you ever. I used to be obsessed with aftershave. I used to, every six months I would buy a new aftershave and that you know because you know the way they say your sense of smell is tied to your memory. Yeah. So like every I you know whenever I spray a bit of aftershave that I have in my bedside locker, it'll always take me back to like a, a specific six month period that I was always using that aftershave. What do you think the obsession with aftershave was about? I honestly don't know. It started very young. I had a weird primary school class. My primary school class was really into fashion, like the other boys. Okay. Like we were always really like, and not I even, love this. Not even, where did you go? Where, well, like what it was, part it of? It was called Gale School Canuck Leave now, Knock Lion. Knock Lion? Is, You're yeah. from Knock Lion. I'm from Fur House. So just oh, kind of across the way. My from parents Knock live in Knock Lion. No way. Yeah. yeah, so I kind of have a bit of a rivalry with Knockline. You okay, know, yeah. For, for Shelbyville, not, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's, the, it's my shelf, <laughs> Shelbyville. But yeah, the other kids in my private, we were always just obsessed with like Lacoste and K-Swiss and stuff. And it wasn't like a rich, it wasn't like a wealthy primary yeah. school or anything like that. People were just, but like when I say fashion, I mean specifically the kind of fashion you can get in JD Sports. It was, yes. uh, JD Sports was like the mecca <laughs> yeah. of, of clothes for all of us. It's actually um, very funny watching my, because my son is seven and he is like super picky now about what he wears. Like, no way, only seven and yeah, he's already... For First class cool. and it's all bronze it has to be bronze it has to be and again like adidas nike whatever puma um like it's 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 wild how intense it is and how yeah. specific he is about it it's, i remember my parents used to just be like in disbelief that i would be interested in like i'd be like oh no i need like a lacoste polo shirt and they would just be like what are you talking like it's for tennis players you know yeah. you don't need that as a 12 year old boy and you're like i'm making a statement guys i'm making <laughs> yeah. a statement anyway it is so great to have you here you are here because you were nominated in the in the news brands journalism awards which took place yesterday you were what what was the category was, popular uh, columnist for, yeah popular columnist of the year yeah. Um, ultimately, the award went to Mary Carr, who was a very deserving winner from the Irish Daily Mail. But it was, it was wonderful to be nominated and it was a really nice day out yeah. at the Mansion House. Got a lovely lunch. I was very, I expected you to come in here like massively hungover, but you, you were so responsible. You went for dinner with your family last night. <laughs> yes, yeah, because I'm back for such a short time. Yeah. Me and my family, we just got to, it wasn't even we went for dinner. We just had a nice takeaway and sat in and had a nice chat. Quality um, time. Because like I've been, you know, I miss them a lot when I'm in Amsterdam. So it was yeah. great, to, great to have the opportunity to come back and yeah. you know, just, you know. It's always nice to be nominated. Nominated for an award. Yeah, it's my first award that I've ever been nominated for. First time I've been eligible for the Irish Journalism Awards. Mm. So it was, yeah, it felt... Uh you know, it's just nice to have that independent acknowledgement. Yeah. Because sometimes you're doing your work and you're like, this maybe this is rubbish. You know, like maybe maybe yes. this is terrible. Maybe I'm really bad at this. So it's great to you know just have a bit of verification that you're you know oh, you're, you're on okay. the right track. Yeah, know? I'm yeah. I'm actually going through one of those like crises of confidence right now. Like, I don't know what's going on, and I actually think in a way it was triggered by the fact that I wasn't nominated for the podcast awards. Oh, yeah, because they're next week, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. and like I wasn't gonna. I kind of have a, sorry, we're really, like, we're five minutes in, we haven't started the news, but, like, we're, it's rare we get together. Um, I really haven't, like, I think that awards, 
are usually in Ireland like a money-making racket. They definitely are. It's not actually about awarding people and it's really political usually. And I kind of was like, oh, I don't even know if I'm arsed because it's very expensive to enter something. And it takes a lot of time. You have to prep a big entry and I don't have a lot of time. And I certainly don't, I would rather spend money on microphones than, you know. And then the ticket to attend the awards is always crazy. Exactly. Yeah, no, there's an awards industrial complex and it it, it is money-making. And ultimately these things, podcasts, journalism, they're so subjective. Exactly. Who's to say what a best podcast exactly so it's so like last year i got i was contacted three different ways by the podcast awards saying oh we you haven't entered and i was like well by your criteria i'm not eligible um because you had to have had three full episodes by a certain date and i'd only had two and they were like, okay, will you come present an award? And I was like, yeah, I'll come present an award. And then this year I was like, oh, I don't even know if I'm arse entering. And then a load of different people in my kind of professional life were like, ah, go on. And so I did begrudgingly and I spent the money and I did the entries and then I wasn't nominated. Yeah, that is maddening. You know, I was it's... like, I didn't even want to do this in the first place. Yeah, you just feel like you've been tricked. You know, yeah. you just feel like you've been tricked into entering. You know? And the thing is, you're right. Like it is subjective and I genuinely don't think awards are important, but I think it has sent me down. I, I actually genuinely think it has kicked off this like what's even the point of anything mm. I also think it's just nearly Christmas and I need a little break yes that's um it's hard and also it's hard I think when you do the kind of work that we do where you're just like working away on your own and then you put it out into the world and you I mean if you're in the journal you're probably ignoring the comments and I actually get lovely feedback from you guys but still sometimes you're like what, what am I doing <laughs> yeah, with my life yeah. Anyway, we better talk about the news. Yes, let's. <laughs> um, first of all, we have to acknowledge we made a mistake last week. Um, and thank you to everyone who pointed it out. As I always say, I always want to hear if we make a mistake in the podcast. We are human beings and mistakes will absolutely happen. But we made an error when we were talking about the Jason Corbett case. Yeah, this was this was my mistake, unfortunately. I think I was speaking too quickly. And, you know, as Louis says, these, when you're covering so many different topics, you can misspeak. But unfortunately, I, I had said that um, that Molly Martins was the mother of Jason Corbett's children, which is, that's not, that's not accurate. That's not true. Um, and that was, you know, that's my mistake. And to anyone who is uh, upset by that, I'm very sorry. Yeah. Um, mistakes happen and we are sorry about that. I did edit it out. So you might not have heard it. I, I got to the podcast a few hours after it went live, but if your episode uh, came down early, then you will have heard the, the error. Um, so apologies for that. Now though, let's move on. And unfortunately we are once again in Gaza and unfortunately we are not talking about a ceasefire. No, we're not. Um, we're, we've had kind of important development in Ireland in the last 24 hours. There were motions brought before the doll yesterday evening. As you've probably seen if you've been on social media, there were thousands of people gathered outside Leinster House to kind of protest and call for a ceasefire. But the Irish government, uh, they well, not just a ceasefire, these people, the protests, it was in support of the motion. The motions were it involved expelling the Israeli ambassador to Ireland. Mm. That failed. The government kind of shot it down with the, the help of a few independents. And but, just like the arguments on both sides, correct me if I'm wrong, basically lots of people feel that it's not appropriate any longer to have the, the ambassador in the country, given what's happening. But the government's argument is, how are we supposed to use all the diplomatic opportunities available? to us exactly if we don't have a link that's exactly it that's the government's argument is that you need to have some official line of contact open with you know the israeli diplomatic infrastructure which it's it just comes down to where you fall uh, like where you fall on how much pressure ireland should be applying you know we obviously have citizens in gaza who need to get out we of course have emily hand who is a hostage in mm-hmm. gaza you know held by hamas you know from that perspective 
there needs to be a communication between Ireland and Israel. But on the other hand, there there's an argument in favour of very much changing and sort of turning our diplomatic relationship with Israel on its head in order to send a message that we are not we cannot tolerate yeah. what's happening in Israel. We cannot have normal relations with a yeah. country that is bombing hospitals and and conducting all this. There was another part of the motion was to refer Israel to the International Criminal Court. I thought this was especially interesting because we the reason the government fought back against this one was because Palestine, which is party to the International Criminal Court, has already referred Israel. There's an investigation there's an investigation open already so mm. the government's argument was well why would we refer them when they've already been referred mm. but McCarthy from Sinn Féin made the very astute point that when after an investigation had been opened into Russia by the International Criminal Court Ireland and 40 other countries still referred Russia so it, the, in that case it wasn't seen as oh a country has already referred them we don't need to do it yeah we decided to apply further pressure to the ICC yeah. you know in conjunction with these other 40 countries we've chosen not to do that in this case mm. so we've clearly made a you know a sort of distinction between what Israel is doing and Russia is doing mm. so that was kind of an unusual one it's upset a lot of people um, it's kind of being seen as the government simply not taking concrete steps yeah. to you know put apply any pressure to Israel and it, it would I think it would set us apart it would set us apart from the other eu nations that are kind of a lot more timid or a lot more supportive of israel mm. in their kind of military campaign so it would have been interesting it would yeah. have had this motion passed it would have certainly been interesting to see where that sets up ireland in on the global stage as mm. a kind of an eu power a western power a very rich country really taking concrete steps to to sort of put Israel on the back foot diplomatically, but we, mm. we've chosen not to do that. The, I did know. think it was interesting that Simon Harris spoke so strongly in the Dáil this week about what's happening. I mean, he said that Israel has been blinded by rage and is now engaging in a war on children, which I think most people would agree with. Yes. Um, war, but, war, I thought a war on children, I thought that was a really, a really strong statement. Yeah. It's, it's interesting because rhetorically, yeah, Fine Gael and Fianna Fáil, they have, been, and the Greens, the government parties, they have been very forthright and they have been what I suppose strong is the word you'd use. It's kind of hard to know how, you know, how they feel deep down when they're so averse to taking concrete material Action, steps. Yeah. yeah, They don't want to take action. They don't want to change the relationship Ireland has with Israel. Mm. But certainly in terms of words, they're very strong and they're much stronger than, you know, governments across Europe. But, you know, yeah. the phrase war on children yeah. You can only imagine how displeased Israel is to hear a country like Ireland using phrases like that. So yeah, it was interesting to he hear He also Simon said, you cannot build peace on the mass graves of children, which yes. again, like it's, 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 it's very a, evocative language. Evocative. Like. It's a phrase that frustrated me a little bit because when you consider that we're not taking concrete material steps, it's just that the mass grave of children, it's it's already there. You know, yeah. 4,000 children have already died. Yeah. I felt too like late. It is, it's too late. And mm. I know it's sounds awful and sounds negative but it's in terms of the sort of stain and the shame that this leaves on all of us as, as a sort of global population it's already too late we will be reckoning with this for as long as we walk the earth yeah. you know there's not going to be a point in the rest of your or my lifetime where this isn't something that we look back on with total horror, horror. yeah um so i think i was a bit like frustrated is the wrong word but when simon harris said that and i've heard other politicians across the world say things like that it just feels a little bit delusional because Empty, yeah. whatever peace happens now whatever ceasefire comes the fact of the matter is it is happening on the graves of children yeah. because those children are 
tragically already dead yeah. and and it's for me that's that's exactly why so many people will gather outside Leinster House to call for yeah. concrete steps is because you you know you can't feel like you're sitting idly by while something like this takes place absolutely um we did have good news though because um some Irish Palestinian people managed to get out of Gaza and are now safe in a hotel in Cairo where they were this morning and um, they may well have moved on um, and I know lots of people will have been following this. Virgin Media were, were covering this family extensively. Richard Chambers has been posting a lot about them because he was in in, in uh, contact with them. And that is a relief. A group of 20, more than 20 Irish yes, citizens. 23 people yeah. crossed at the Rafah crossing into Egypt yesterday, mm. uh, including, yes, a father with uh, three children. And, you know, you could see photos up of them in the hotel in Cairo. And, yeah. you know, you can feel the relief from the photograph. They said Their they were little so faces. Yes, like. they said they were so relieved that they didn't even sleep. I think there's about there the official kind of reports were that there were total 35 36 mm. Irish Palestinians in Gaza so there's still 12 or 13 still to cross and get to safety in Cairo mm. um but I believe there's going to be further crossings facilitated today. We don't have an official number on how many will be able to cross today, mm. but we'll hope that all 12, 13, however many are left, will get to cross today. You can just imagine, though, I mean, the, the problem, well, there's so many problems, but one of the problems is that, like, this family has made it out, and thank God, but in what state? You know, like, what have they lived through? What have they seen? What are they going to carry with them forever? I can only imagine the impact you know, you, you would hope, like everybody always says children are robust, but like the things the Palestinian children have seen are, are horrific. It's, yeah, and I think they say, like Amnesty International and UNICEF have said that the PTSD that affects Palestinian children is just off the charts. It's yeah. off the scale. Yeah. And it's it really is just heartbreaking. And, you know, it also brings to mind, obviously, we're Irish as an Irish podcast, so it's great. You know, we can look at the Irish people, get, but ultimately there are still millions of, of yeah. Palestinian people left in Gaza that will just continue and ultimately what is needed is a ceasefire yeah, you know they, exactly. just, it's just not right that these bombs yeah. continue to fall yeah but that's that's where but I mean we can count our blessings and, and at least be grateful that, that these you know this handful of people has managed to yeah. escape the, the violence yeah a, a small bit of good news um, okay RTE back in the news this week my god what a time to be working in RTE um, there were well there was a leak of various changes that were going to be made within RTE this week and then it was um, officially announced by RTE Director General Kevin Backhurst including a salary price cap. Yes, so now nobody will be earning... Well, it's it's nobody on a new contract will earn more than the Director General, who earns a quarter of a million euro a year. Mm. People who are already earning more than that, but I think there's a handful, it might be, you know, uh, if you check the, the list of the top 10 earners, there'll be a few who are making a little bit more than that on those current contracts. They'll continue to earn that much. So there'll still be a few people earning a little bit more than the Director General. Uh, I think the headline, I think the thing that catches most people's eyes is, you know, the potential for 400 job cuts. Yeah. That's really stark. That's 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 so many jobs. So many jobs in an industry where it's very hard to find a new job. If you lose yeah. your job at RTE, in the Irish media landscape, there's not too many other places you can go. No, and no one else, like nowhere is expanding. Like no. everybody is, is contracting. Yeah. And I think that one of the points that was made was that, if you, what they're saying is they're gonna they're gonna cut back on what Orti is actually producing, um, export a lot of the production to independent media companies. Um, so ostensibly you could argue that some of those 400 people will be able to work in the independent sector because the independent sector will be bigger but that means they'll be working as freelance people yes. because you don't really get permanent jobs in the independent sector so you know 
I think what Emma O'Kelly uh, ha- has been saying this week is that, you know, you're talking about people who will now lose all of their benefits, their like maternity cover, their sick pay, their pension, like all that kind of stuff. And instead be forced to work in the gig economy, which is, you yep. know, where everything's going. And I, I do think that that's really unfortunate. It's really sad. And ultimately, those people are bearing the burden for, you know, mismanagement yeah catastrophic mismanagement that they had nothing to do with Mm. and huge overspend at the kind of the top echelons of RTE that that, you know because the people who are going to end up losing their jobs these will be people who are probably on between kind of 25,000 and 50,000 you know kind of salaries that would leave you still kind of struggling to get by you know these days in the cost of living crisis so it makes their lives so much more precarious and I think it's worth saying that you know, what, no disrespect to the top earners at RTE, but in terms of the the public service broadcasting that RTE does, all the, the kind of work behind the scenes of camera work and production, floor management, like those are the people who make it happen. Mm. And it's just, it is really sad to think that those people are now going to be facing a lot of precariousness. Yeah. Um, I mean, one thing that's worth noting is that the 400, it's, it's not expected to happen all at once and it does include retirements and there is a, a, a number of retirements due to happen. So it won't be 400 all at once redundancies but it's going to be it's going to be big changes in RTE and I think big changes are needed but it's just you know the cost is is hard to stomach okay now this another one that's going to be hard for you to swallow renters are now paying more per annum than mortgage holders this one is just kind of heartbreaking, isn't it? So, it's But I a, mean, are you surprised? No, absolutely not. This is one of those things that it falls under the category of like shocking, but not surprising. You yeah. Know? But it's, yeah, the latest DAF.ie report, it, it's confirmed that renters are paying €3,588 more per year than buyers who have taken a 90% loan to value mortgage on the same property, which is just, it makes me think, the first thing that came to my mind was like, imagine back in the day when ExtraVision still existed. Imagine if when you went in to rent a DVD from ExtraVision, if that cost more than actually buying, buying the it. DVD. You know, it's just, it's a completely backwards, it's a totally failed system. That's not how a housing system is supposed to work. It's not how a rental system is supposed to work. And I think when you just have absolutely hard confirmation that the system has failed, that should spur some action, you know? Mm. And obviously there's going to be less attention paid to this because global affairs are kind of dominating the news yeah. right now. But Ireland is still in the midst of an absolute housing crisis. It was, I think, in yeah, Dublin city centre renters are paying 8,359 euro more per year than someone who owns the same property. Mm. So over 30 years, you could be looking at almost 100,000. And that's with no nothing to show for it. You know, yeah. at the end of those 30 years, you don't own your home. You can't leave your home to your children. And so the thing for me is that, like, I'm not against long-term renting. And we've talked about it on here. But, like, the system is not set up for long-term renting in Ireland. So not only are you not buying, you're also living in an insecure situation where you could be turfed out for a number of reasons at any given time. You can't make the space your own. You know, you're very limited with what you can do with it. Um, You are prone to further rental increases. So you could end up paying like even more beyond what you would be paying for a mortgage for the same place. Like, you know, we are not, we don't have the infrastructure for renters. No, and a huge problem people face, like I hear this from friends all the time, is that, you know, you could have a situation where the shower is not working or the oven is not working and they're afraid to contact the landlord because they're afraid that if they raise an issue they'll end up just being turfed out and they get a new kind of a new renter in who's less likely to complain and like that to me is just heartbreaking and and I think what this report confirms is that those people who are in that position 
are paying more yeah. than the person who would own a similar property, which, you know, it yeah. just, it makes you want to cry. You know, there's no two ways about it. It does. And finally, we have to go to the UK where there was massive news in politics this week. Yeah. Um, what a week. Like, it was very entertaining to watch, I have to say. It was. I mean, first of all, Suella Braverman, Braverman, excuse me, uh, monster, uh, in my opinion, <laughs> has said some truly horrendous things in recent times. Um, and she was turfed out. She was Suella Braverman to me reminds me of like a Roald Dahl villain or like yeah. a Charles Dickens villain. You know, she's this is the the former Home Secretary who has said that it's it's her dream to deport people to Rwanda. That's the phrase she used at one point last year. Is that her dream, which is just a crazy way to talk about such a thing. But she uh, she wrote an article in the Times of London and kind of criticized the police. She said the police go too easy on pro-Palestinian protesters on Black Lives Matter protesters it put put huge it kind of undermined the police and it kind of undermined Rishi Sunak and Rishi Sunak eventually sacked her they had a cabinet reshuffle and as she was sacked she wrote then an open letter and a big theme in the open letters she was she was calling out Rishi Sunak for his kind of failure to implement the the immigration the illegal immigration act i think it's called mm. which is the the kind of means by which they are deporting people to rwanda mm. that was struck out by the supreme court in the united in the united kingdom yesterday mm. um she accused him of having no plan b but of course any right thinking any person with any kind of sort of humanitarian bone in their body is looking at this there shouldn't be a plan b this whole thing should be scrapped it's such yeah. a such a nightmarish plan yeah it's horrible um, she also had some really horrible things to say about homeless people she said that it was a lifestyle, was a lifestyle choice, choice yeah. uh, she had taken loads i mean over the last number of months she'd had loads of things she was planning on doing she's planning on banning tents and all kinds of things she just doesn't seem like someone with a heart no it's it's honestly <laughs> it's so disturbing so weird. yeah it's just it's it's like the cruelty is the point you yeah know, that's and it's it's very scary because a lot of i think uh uk political correspondents are theorizing that the reason she kind of went rogue and wrote this article kind of undermining rishi sunak the reason she did it is because she is kind of gearing up for the next leadership conference. Yeah. She wants to position herself as to the right of Rishi Sunak so that when he sort of, because I mean, things are so chaotic in the Tory party, it's sort of like when he inevitably is ousted. Yeah, exactly. Because, you know, that's, <laughs> it's only that's, a matter of time. that's just how it goes. Yeah. When he's inevitably ousted, she wants to position herself as the absolute toughest, I suppose, most bloodthirsty option you know well she's i mean she's certainly doing that yes and um, she has a lot of support in yeah, the tory party you she know does. It's, it's really very unsettling but i will say i don't think anyone would have predicted <laughs> what happened next and um i don't know if anyone's seen the Kay burley clip of her narrating this person arriving at downing street um her shock is palpable she made some weird comments about his body which are just completely oh, unnecessary so like uh it's like, so weird so like sexualized type no comments. to do the reveal uh we're talking about david cameron being appointed to the cabinet um which is just very strange no he arrives he gets out of the car she's like oh my god it's david cameron <laughs> and then one of the other people whoever she's talking to i don't know who it is some commentator is like oh oh, yes, interesting. Like, David Cameron has been in the news late, lately for blah, 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 blah. And then she goes, for putting on weight. Oh, my God. Jeez. I was like, what? How is that relevant? Yeah, no way. That's crazy. It was crazy. Like, Kay yeah. Burley is a mad bitch, though, let's be honest. Yeah, Kay Burley is, is mad. Because actually, sometimes, occasionally, you'll see her interview someone and she'll kind of hold them over right. the fire. Yeah. And you're like, oh, that's pretty good. Yeah. And then other times, she'll say something and you're like, I don't agree with that no. at all. Kay Burley, uh, no. no a, a, a wild card. Yeah, so anyway, that was that was one of the things she felt was important to mention as uh, Dave Rakaman walked into number 10 Downing Street. But anyway, yeah, I mean... It, 
has this happened before it has happened before there is precedent for it it happened apparently in the 1980s and it happened during world war Two. sorry obviously just in case anybody doesn't know and it's absolutely fine if you don't david cameron former prime minister of the uk uh, the man behind brexit basically yes yeah, so david cameron he is sort of he was a prime minister i think from about 2010 onwards 2010 till 2016 he stepped down after brexit he was the guy who called for the referendum he himself was opposed he was a remainer but he called the referendum to satisfy the brexiteers yeah he fucked it yeah he fucked it because i think he thought it would be an easy win and in the end he got trounced and he had to step down but he there's that amazing danny dyer clip yes um, call him a twat yes it's stunning i'll i'll Um, stick it in here i'm making a note to remember because i know (laughs) i keep saying i'll stick in clips and then forgetting Going back to that, this, this whole Brexit thing, when, when, when mm. you know, you're judging them on, on, on Brexit, they don't know nothing about it. Who knows about Brexit? Yeah, quite. Uh, no one's got a fucking clue what Brexit mm. is, yeah? You watch Question Time, it's comedy. Were you no clearer when Jeremy Corbyn no, explained No, I got Labour's a clue. Policy. No one knows what it is. It's like this mad riddle that no one knows what it is, right? So what's happened to that twat David Cameron oh. who called it on? <laughs> Let's be fair. Oh. I think what? you're referring no, to no, our no, former no, Prime no. Minister. Yeah, but why the, how comes he can scuttle off? He called all this on. Mm. Yeah. yeah. He, he has no regrets. Where's he, where is he? He's in Europe, in Nice, with his trotters <laughs> up, yeah? Where is the geezer? I think he should be held accountable. for it. Big you know he should be held accountable. for it. It's a valid point. A lot of people do feel... Twat. That, ...that all politicians... But he... So, David Cameron, he's, since 2016, he hasn't been an MP. He's, he's not an MP anymore. I didn't know that this was something they could do. What they've essentially done is pulled David Cameron off the streets, made him a lord, and once you're in the House of Lords, you can serve in the Cabinet. That's the most undemocratic thing I've heard in a democratic country in a long long time it's and this wild is, it's crazy it's 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 something that i really didn't i had no idea it was possible because you know one it's one thing he's a former prime minister he's very high profile but this means that they could if they wanted to they could pull anyone off anyone. the street it could be anyone anyone and i think it sets a really awful precedent because if you think about when you had someone like boris johnson as pm he could have pulled in anyone he could have pulled in dominic cummings made him a cabinet minister could have pulled in anyone so it's it's really kind of almost frightening to think that at the drop of a hat the uk can can just take whoever they want and put them in the cabinet you know just just because and it's also such a damning indictment of all the other tory mps that they yeah, don't, they don't want to have good them, yeah, they don't want to have any of them in the cabinet just david cameron and it's, it's so funny because i don't know if you remember after he announced his resignation back in 2016 he gave a speech at the podium uh, uh <laughs> outside 10 downing street turned around walked back in went into 10 downing street but he was still mic'd and you could just hear him kind of humming along to himself like do 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 <laughs> Right, you know, like just kind of like home and line. And that was the last time we saw him at 10 Downing Street. So now this this fresh time we've seen him just approaching 10. It was just so shocking. I couldn't, I, I texted my group chat immediately and I was like, David Cameron's about to be the new foreign, you know, foreign secretary. And like a lot of my friends live in London and they were just like, no, they can't do that. And I was like, well, well they, can. they can. They, they, can. <laughs> they also, just a sidebar, they also appointed Esther McVeigh, who's a presenter on GB News, um, as a minister, but without a portfolio. But uh, it is understood that she's going to take uh, a prominent role in uh, the media. And her brief is to be the Minister for Common Sense, I'm air quoting there, with her focus expected to be combating wokery. It's, uh, you know, what? it's what can you even say to that? Honestly, you know, it's like, just like, how many times do we have to tell these people that being woke just means being sound and considerate of other people? And if you're anti that, you're a 
fill in the blank. Exactly. And even with all the problems the UK has, you know, so like yeah. the cost of living crisis, all these yeah. issues they have, it's like, oh, what we need. Oh, I know. Is someone to take on woke. Yeah. You know, it's, it makes you just throw your hands up and think like. Oh, it's ridiculous. It's just posturing. It's posturing in the hope of getting votes in the next election. That's pure posturing. It's and wild. You like fingers crossed or what? Not that I have any love for Labour or Keir Starmer, but you feel like when you see something as stupid as that, you want them to be punished. You know, yes. you, it needs to fail. I agree. I agree. Well, Carl Kinsler, what a pleasure it has been. It's been great. Thank you for having me. To be me. here with you in my home. It's been great. I, I feel very welcomed. It's been lovely. Good. Well, hopefully we'll have you back next time you're in the country. And in the meantime, we will chat next week uh, via the medium of technology. Obviously, by the way, before we let Carl go, you can read Carl's work in the journal.ie in his weekly column, Surreeling in the Years, and uh, award nominated. <laughs> yes, award nominated. Award nominated column. <laughs> um, okay, thanks, Carl. I am a massive fan of the trio known as the Young Hot Guys. That's Killian Sunderland, Shane Daniel Byrne, and Tony Cantwell. They are three comedians who I find gas and fun and smart and articulate and they have joined forces to lead a new po- comedy podcast which is out now you can listen to the first two episodes now as you as you sit there listening to me you could line them up for after this i really really enjoyed the first episode and i was absolutely delighted to get the opportunity to meet them and chat to them about the podcast this week and how they came together in the first place well, today, my friends, you are really in for a treat because I am in a professional podcast studio with some professional podcasters. I am with the Young Hawk guys, Killian Sunderman, Shane Daniel Byrne. I always say your three names. Like, is that yeah, appropriate? That's correct. Sure, that's okay, correct. excellent. Mm-hmm. And Tony Cantwell. Hello. Uh, hosts of the Young Hot Guys podcast. It is such a joy to be here. And I have to say a massive thank you to Headstuff and the podcast studios for letting me just use their gear. Like, yeah. I know they charge the big bucks for that. So it wasn't part of the deal. And then he just let you. Yeah. He's just sound. Yeah. Just, just a sound man. Like. And it's so appreciated. He has really strong legs. We were just talking about before yeah. he came in. It's it's but he's busting out of them jeans. Alan. I didn't check amazing. the butt yet, but oh, I will have great. a look soon. Everyone here. I have to say, Louise, I was so impressed how you just started there. You just literally said, go, start. And then you started, and it was perfect. Oh, thanks. Oh, my God. Proper broadcaster. We have so much to learn. Just years of experience. Also, can I give a good shout out to Louise McSharry, who actually was one of the first people to recognize the Young Hot Guys? Yes. And brought us Thank on the you. radio show. We were just three young hot guys. We were actually young back then. Just three yeah. calendar yeah. boys. <laughs> we were three calendar boys. And you brought us onto our show and brought us obviously the national fame that we have now. Well, I am a big fan, but I do have like a small bone to pick. Uh-oh. Um, Uh-oh. Like, Fish am bone. I invoicing you for the fact that my voice is in your show intro? Uh-oh. Whoa. Whoa. This is exactly what we didn't want to happen, Gillian. <laughs> yeah. What did we say? And you said, it, actually, no, I said it'd be fine. Yeah, we, I, I said, did. forget it. There's a few different things on our intro. <laughs> the song is The Sleaze, my band. Mm-hmm. We have that. But then there's a few different little voice memos. And I was like, oh, Louise won't mind. She's, she's a friend. She's a friend. No, of the show. I actually don't mind. You I'm can actually thrilled. Killian, though. <laughs> yes, don't invoice us at our own email address. No, I'm genuinely cool. thrilled when I listened. I was like, oh my God, what an honor. Um, so look, let's, uh, let's start from the start. You guys are obviously three individual comedians, but you have worked together before. Of course, you did the Young Hot Guys calendar. calendar the world of calendars will never be the same. <laughs> no. Honestly, I mean, the I first we were ever September to September calendar yeah. didn't start in January, so it's useless to most people. Uh, <laughs> it was but a shame it wasn't. that we couldn't prop up the dying calendar industry. I kind of thought this would be like the you know the big one, you mm-hmm. know, but it's yeah. probably the last calendar I've actually ever seen. 
Christ. It wasn't really about the function though, guys, was it? No. You know, it was about the photos. The calendar shop is back in the Jervis Centre, um, but it's just in the middle of the floor. It's not in its own shop oh, space. Oh no. Yeah. Okay. Mm. That's the kind of information you get when you listen to the podcast. Which shops are open, which ones are closed. That kind um, of stuff. Fianna Fáil, Fianna Gael, this is what you're dealing with. You know, I, this, uh, <laughs> I have actually a little bit of calendar trivia if you're interested. You oh, oh my amazing. God, yes. Um, so... I'm not going to get... No, I've just realised I don't know the pertinent information. But basically, this year is the exact same calendar year as like 1996 and like 1940. And there's several, oh. obviously, years okay. that we're the exact okay. same of. Same as... So a girl on TikTok the other day was telling me if you wanted to buy a nice Christmas present, you could find a retro slash vintage oh. calendar for oh someone. Oh, God. yeah. Get a, get a, a, a calendar from Germany yeah. in 1940. <laughs> 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 <Yeah>. <laughs> Look, not all of us go straight to the darkness, Killian. Some of us think about, like, I don't know, hot babes from 1996. If you have like, friends who are interested mm-hmm. in that particular part of history, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Young, hot, young Hot Reich. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, speaking of uh, hot babes, um, y- so you work together on the calendar. You're obviously great friends. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But we were we didn't know each other when we did a calendar. We, did we, you not? We, not really. We kind of knew each other a little bit online and from 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 chatting a little bit, but I hadn't met anyone in real life. First day I met Tony was the day we did a calendar shoot together, which involved us being nearly completely nude mm. and lying next to each other and kind of touching each other's bodies and things <laughs> like that. Yeah. It was a very funny way to I actually regret that. I wish eyes. we did actually, I think we probably would be more inclined to do it now, but I wish we did nudie ones. Not like actually show your full bodies, sure. but I wish we did like nude thing. We should have done it. Yeah. But notice, we didn't know yeah. each other that well. That we'd go, no. do you want to, do you want to do, like we didn't, do you want to like just take your trousers off? <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. It was weird. You sounded like that. You sounded so straight when you were like, we did. take your trousers off. Fancy, I don't know if you take your pants off. Or <laughs> we could do like, we could do like, you know, you know, like I said, we should do the picture for Young Hawkeye's podcast should be us, like the supermodels, you know, when they do those pictures where they're all nude and they're covering like each other. Like intertwined. Yeah, yeah, intertwined. Yeah. yeah, I thought we should do one of them. But maybe for next time, don't touch my microphone. Well, it wasn't facing your mouth. Sorry, Killian touched it and I, I touched and commented. We're like this all the time. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, you are friends now. Yes. That's funny that you weren't great friends then. So, I mean, when did the podcast... You must have pretty much straight away been like, podcast, because that's how everything works these days. Mm -hmm. Well, we worked together and doing a couple of, like, ads together and stuff. And, like, we seem to just be, like, really feel like we pull off a great swindle because we get asked to do ads and we just kind of hang out and we shoot sketches and we just make each other laugh and and then it was the fine people at Head Stuff that were like do you want us to do a podcast come on in here we'll record you and I'm like yep yeah, yeah I think Head Stuff drew up a, like a list of the funniest people in Ireland and coincidentally we were the top three it was. Uh, yeah, so yeah. they got wow. they got us but also we had done some on Tony Tony had had us guest and we'd done some live shows there was a live show at Electric Picnic on a Sunday which um, there was a good showing at and we had a great time and I think that was kind of a maybe a birth moment yeah you guys podcast. were like okay this could work yeah. because if you can fight through a bunch of serotonin deprived yeah. <laughs> millennials you know yeah. who would just kind of want to sit there and kind of just take it all in um, that was kind of you know I wouldn't say a low point, but it's it's a hard it's hard to get a kind of vibe. No, going. I've done Sunday festival yeah. chats and stuff and podcast shows, and it is yeah you've but but the people who show up are really up for it, and they were lovely and they were amazing. Yeah. But you know sometimes where you feel like you know I feel like I need, we need to change the energy here, so I'm gonna go louder. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. It's like I'm gonna fix this by we just shouting. The desk about the people like the people everyone who was at the what's the name of that band who just broke up the. The Irish Sleaze? band, no, not the Sleaze. No, the Irish band, the the who play the Rebel songs. 
The Wolf Tones? The Wolf Tones. The Wolf Tones were doing their gigs, but it was getting interrupted. There was thousands of people there, but every few minutes you could just hear me and Tony and Shane just going, ah, and what about, uh, what about what's your favorite ick? It's remember transition year. What was that all about? Yeah, they're trying yeah. to... Get out your British soldiers. What's your favorite ick? Get out your British soldiers. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was funny. I was listening to the first episode on my way here and it is great fun. Um, I mean, predictably, it is great fun. And I think there's a real need for a bit of levity at the moment like everything is I am I am I don't know about you guys I am wrung out like mm-hmm. I need this year to be over now mm-hmm. I need to hibernate for four weeks yes at least like not speak to anyone Um, I don't know if you're feeling that you're nodding definitely mm-hmm. and when you're hibernating you know the really thing you, good thing you can do when you're hibernating is just stick on a podcast well yeah. exactly. <laughs> well I was thinking just to get us to the stage where maybe some of us can hibernate I know Tony you have kids and you and I both know that that's not really how Christmas oh works when you have children um, but you know for those people who can to get us there it is good to have something that you can stick on and have a bit of a laugh with mm-hmm. like did you put a lot of thought into the structure of the podcast or did you just kind of think what we do just hanging out just having the chats that kind of works let's just go with it um well I think we like there's loads of boy like everyone it's such a cliche of men, white men setting up podcast um and especially straight but I'm not but anyway Definitely which people seem to not believe. Yeah, we keep getting messages of people going, "Is he really gay?" Yes. <laughs> what? Yeah. Yes. Like, I'm actually a gay icon. Um, a leading uh, actor. Who? Sorry. What? What kind of people are messaging? Like boys, I don't girls, know. I don't, I boys, non-binary boys, people. Yeah, boys, boys mm. coming up and going. I'm excited to excite their curiosity. Yeah, so that's yeah. great for them. But mm. it is a cliche. But I think actually, you know what? Everyone also people also the oh another podcast. Like you know what? Everyone loves podcasts. People are always yeah. on podcasts every mm-hmm. day. If you scroll Instagram, someone's like any podcast Rex yeah, all the time. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes. Sometimes it's just like that we are not like uh, it's not like talking about, you know, yeah, but then Jordan Peterson and, you know, Rogan said this. I think it's just like us having a laugh and we are little woke soft boys. Yes. Yeah, it's true. Mm. Um, yeah. And um, have feelings. We're boys with feelings. And I think that's good to have them. That's the idea. Yeah. That's actually very true, because just as you were speaking, I was like, what what other three men would I listen to having a chat? And the answer is none. <laughs> like, I cannot think of you. Sometimes, you know, when like <laughs> men you. with we have emotions, but we're like we have just the right amount. You know, I do, you know the way sometimes it's like you must. Yes. Talk about your mental health. Right. If you but must. do you have to talk <laughs> about it every time? To- like, <laughs> mm. do we have to keep hearing about it? Yeah, like, yeah. everyone has a bit of mental. It's health. very hard to open yes. up to Shane because he does that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm cold. Sorry. No, I just he tells think me sometimes to go for a jog and then. <laughs> I just think sometimes it's fun just to just have fun and I think that's equally transgressive and still punk just mm. to have a laugh even though it's been increasingly awful for the last 10 years. Yeah, yeah I think so too. Like for me with my podcast it's kind of a weird one at the moment because like it's in I don't need to tell the people who listen to the podcast how the podcast works but it's in three sections the first section is news catch up last section is like pop culture catch up middle is an interview so it could be anything mm. um, but but like the contrast between the news section and the pop culture section mm. at the moment mm. is pretty stark um, but I think you need you need the stupidity at the end of the celebs being yeah. second yeah. Egypt's One time to I balance saw on, out um, the when Miriam stuff. had her late night her chat show mm. and she was on and she had somebody who was like a um, spoke about about have suffering prolific abuse at the hands of the church and then the next thing she had to do was do a competition and mm. she just did it so seamlessly. she went well thank you so much they blushed it so this is a show of many things so the Florida <laughs> trip is coming up and I was like just that's it she just gave it one line this is a show of many things yeah, yeah go for it Miriam go for it yeah. but that's I mean that is Irish media like that's mm. I think I can't think of anywhere else 
well I, d- I don't know about every nation's media but like if you look at UK media they don't tend to do that like your show is normally like light or shade yeah, yeah, like yeah, it's yeah, not yeah. normally both yeah. whereas we're such a small country that you kind of have to pack it all in that's the thing of being a comedian is that y- whenever you go on to these kinds of shows you're always coming on after like the worst thing ever <laughs> as like you're mm. you so much pressure mm. on you because you're like wow there was like a really bad flooding in Cork and many people's lives were ruined and you've just heard some old man who's like you know house has been destroyed and then you have to come on and try to do a little bit of a joke to raise a level you're like well guys <laughs> here's the funny thing about uh, the difference between German people and Irish people and it's yeah. just like yeah. people are weeping still for Cork and I'm just trying to you know it's a lot of pressure actually so this podcast <laughs> this podcast is just that this podcast is just the fun stuff yeah, um, yeah. do we get serious I don't really think so maybe yeah, if we need to but like I think we're just silly and I think I don't know if we're as comedians that we you know we laugh about you know like ah oh, we're the truth tellers you know mm. the soothsayers you know <laughs> You know the the boy the raccoon tours voice of a generation, but we're not like we're just silly and we're just really it's dumb and that's our strength and that's just what we do. Yeah, and you need it. Like I ne- I was so happy to put it on today because I'm desperate for it at the moment. Um, I really enjoyed your chat about parenting, about modern parenting. Mm. Um, I enjoyed the fact that Shane, you were like, ah, but sure, was it? I mean, was there any harm in being roared at? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Your take was kind of like gentle parenting. Uh, like I mean, really, what's the difference? Yeah. And and personally, as a parent who often loses it at my children, I find it very comforting. Good so. Oh, thank you. I, I agree with that. Let them have I, it. Yeah, scream at them. Give them a bit of a show. I mean, I kind of. I mean, it's not that I don't disagree with that. It's just you know, <laughs> I feel like what kind of kids are, are we raising? Are we raising like bionic soldiers? You know, like but yeah. the next generation of like these ultra emotionally available. Are are we creating a generation of kids who are just so so much better? Like, has it been seen before? This is the thing about. Yeah. I say to my wife, like, mm. I'm all good for the gentle parenting, but like, w- can we see what one of those adults looks like? Yeah, now? how do they turn out? What's yeah, the finished out, product yeah. you know like me because you know it's all in good faith right now you yeah know? I was like no I was listening and I was agreeing with both of you because and I actually felt like I was learning from you Tony oh explaining to the boys about kind yeah. of a, maybe a gentler parenting technique I'm like our house is definitely a mix of both like I was thinking I was like what's the difference between what I do when I lose my shit which happens doesn't I mean look it, it happens but I think the difference is I apologize yeah mm-hmm. like oh, I'll be yeah, like yeah, yeah. I'm really sorry man I lost it there and that actually wasn't about you at all I'm wrecked and like I've had a really busy day or you know I need to work on not losing my temper and then we can actually have a conversation about it because then he'll apologize to me and he'll be like yeah mm. I shouldn't have shouted at you either like I think that's the difference between my yeah. parenting and I mean there's more more differences but like because not losing your shit ever is not possible as you've said yourself totally but you know you've had a parent who lost their shit and then they didn't apologize and you're kind of like just stewing in it for a little while and you kind of don't know what the outcome is or what to do or it's just kind of you just get past it with time you know but I lose it all the time (laughs) my son I was sleeping in his bed um, and I woke up and he was like well, uh, five o'clock in the morning. He starts like putting his finger up my nose, <laughs> oh, and then sake. his fingers in my mouth, and then he slapped me really hard <laughs> in the face. And, and then I don't know who I turned into. I was all like, "Don't, don't be fucking touching me!" <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Who is this guy? Where did this guy come from?" You'd like, want to watch. <laughs> <laughs> Get your fucking hand off! You reel that in right now, <laughs> three-year-old. And I was like, "I'm oh, sorry about that, buddy. I don't know where yeah. that guy came from." It is very funny though because I see that. I see that in myself, like, and I see my parents coming out, which you guys were talking about as well. I really really enjoyed your um, description of yourself turning into your mother, Shane. Um, <laughs> but also I see sometimes Gordon um, like I'm like, who are you? Like, what is happening here? What has been you've been triggered and something is coming out here that I'm not familiar with after 15 years. Um, it is. It's a wild ride. It's a wild ride parenting, guys. Mm. Any interest? 
Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I think uh, when you're able to, maybe I'll uh, just adopt Sonny because he sounds like the best kid ever. <laughs> uh, but I will just cute. put some tape on my nostrils so that he can't stick his yeah. fingers up my nose. I do think as a kid, it's your right to be able to just put your finger up your dad's nose while he's sleeping. I feel like yeah. that's a right. I like that he feels comfortable enough that he can do that. Yeah. You know, although you made a very funny point. I was telling you about how um, you said someone spotted someone. You said that someone spotted me. There's someone. Anyway, I was yeah. walking through House Cross Park with my my youngest, and I was like, "Oh, they must have seen me when I was eating a hot sausage from a little deli bag," and I was really embarrassed about that. <laughs> and I was uh, like, "But no, my, no shame in a hot yeah. sausage." I know, I know. But I but it was like you know my 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 baby wasn't sleeping. I'm there. It was cold. It was windy. Yeah. I'm eating a hot sausage, and someone spotted me. <laughs> and Killy goes, "I can't wait to have kids." <laughs> <laughs> I like that for the purpose of this story, the four sausages that Tony had it was four has now been changed to one sausage. <laughs> <laughs> the four deli sausages that he purchased have now been turned into one to make it sound yeah, okay. like a bit more of a, oh, it's just a little sausage. Yeah. Uh, Shane, sausages. any interest? No. Yeah, a right, good no, decision. I'm, I'm too busy. <laughs> I'm too busy. My own stuff. You know, I have a lot looking at my phone to get through. <laughs> I don't know. When I was a kid, I used to think, you're talking about the fingers and nostrils, I used to think that adults could go asleep immediately. I thought they could lie down and go asleep because yeah. when you do stuff like go in and wake them up by like lifting their eyelid, you know, this thing, and then they would instantly go back asleep. And I was like, Oh, that's and I've realized now as an adult, I was like, they're just really tired. Yeah, <laughs> they're just exhausted. I was just so gonna say, I do. I always say, I'm like, you know, those dolls that like when you lie them back, they're yeah, 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 that's yeah, me yeah. now. Like, that's I don't have been for the last cool skill. seven years, <laughs> but it is getting easier, Tony. I will say, I mine are yes. seven and four now. And, oh, yeah, um, yeah, it is getting easier. Yeah, my four year old is still like velcro to me at all times, and mm. I'm looking forward to that bit ending. But I also know what's then annoying is I will. This is the most annoying thing is that all through the like early years when I was like wishing I was dead which was a lot of the time I'm not gonna lie mm. I never am gonna sugarcoat it I had a really hard time adjusting <laughs> to parenthood and um, people used to say oh I miss it I miss it I'd love to go back and I, I honestly like I wanted to punch them in the face <laughs> I like I truly did and then these days I find myself I'm on the bus and I'll see a woman with her baby on the bus and I'll be like oh I miss it and then I'm like no you cut off oh, this person but it does happen you turn into it's a nana so fast you're like oh no I remember that that's great age this yeah. is what I'm saying parenting yeah, yeah. is a virus like Round it fucks that. you off I remember and there's no going reading back. A, a tweet once that, um, I think I nearly burst into tears it was like the baby shoes for sale never worn thing but it was someone written one day your mum put you down mm. and never picked you back up again mm. it that, happened, that happened to everyone one yeah. day like you, you put you down and never picked you up again okay I read, stop <laughs> no, that's not okay that. to say that yeah. I read it too and I went straight over to my mum's house and I said pick me up this <laughs> minute pick me up pick me up yeah. <laughs> did her back in uh, but it does get better is that what you're saying yes it does yeah. it gets easier they get easier they get more self-sufficient Sam my seven year old and I like are having actual chats now oh, that's great um, he comes out with some of the most hilarious like adult stuff that mm. you're like where did you even get that like it's very entertaining because I found myself recently like I have this kind of like ma- mantra that I'm saying to my wife like I wake up we're wrecked and I'm like well look uh, you know at least we're probably not going to be this tired forever it'll get better you know yeah. and then I was like picking up tiny peas it was like a thousand peas on the ground and I'm picking mm. them up and I'm like well you know at least the house isn't going to be this messy forever you know <laughs> then I literally clean the shine off my daughter well at least there won't be this much shite around the house forever you yeah. know yeah I'm still wiping arses but I feel like those days are numbered and Good. 
and um, there's a lot less shite than there used to be. <laughs> yeah. Have you, you seen the last hundred? TikTok last hundred. <laughs> there's a TikTok where it's like, just put two balloons together and put cream in between and get them used to like wiping two balloons. Oh, I, I have own. not seen that. Oh, right. no, no. They can. Okay. <laughs> they can do it. They do it themselves when they're like out in the world. But when yeah. they're at home, they're like, sure. they're I'm preference. finished. The deluxe, deluxe treatment at home. wipe my bum. <laughs> yeah. Like, it never ends. Oh, that's, there's but a you little bit of performance in that. One day, your mom's going to wipe your bum. Oh my God. And She'll then she's never, never going to wipe, wipe your bum again. Do yeah. you know what I mean? So, you know, you have to try. You guys are such cool parents. That's the thing. Like, you're, I don't remember any parents being as cool as you guys. Look, when I was, oh. you're right. But you Thank are. You. Like, you're cool. Ah, uh, tell us more. Come I, on, I, stop I, I'm it. not going to argue on, with you. I'll Jesus, take it. I'll like, take it. That, we do need you guys wins. aware of how cool you are as parents? Nah, yeah, we have a meeting um, <laughs> once <do>. a week. <laughs> we'll talk about how cool we are. It's actually on Discord because we're that cool. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, it's a Discord yes. group. Well, guys, I have just so enjoyed this chat and I think it is a good flavor of what you can expect if you listen to the Young Hot Guys podcast. I'm so thrilled for you. I'm so thrilled for me that I have something fun to listen to every week. Um, you can get it in all the usual podcast places. Is there anything special that people need to know? Oh, wow. I mean, it's, it's okay if the answer is obviously no. we're very young, we're very hot, and we're very guys. So just be aware of like that kind of energy, yeah. you yeah. know, like uh, just, energy. Yeah. You some know. of you ladies also, might want to listen to it, you know, in private. That's <laughs> well, Killian has a new haircut, guys, and uh, you I, can hear it. I think it's gonna make a big splash. So maybe just look at a picture of him before you listen to it. It might add to the experience. Yeah, rub your mullet on the. Have you gone there. public with it now? It's not public yet, so I guess this is the big moment. Okay, well, I just took a video of you. Am I am I okay to share this? You can share. Oh you my can God, share. God, I. Can't I can't believe I'm breaking this news. Well, this is huge. a McSharry exclusive. An exclusive. How <laughs> thrilling. Um, thank you again so much to Headstuff and the podcast studios for letting me uh, use your space. This is so cool of you. And um, yeah, go listen to the podcast now. Thanks, guys. Thanks Hi. for having us. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Worth noting, I think that um, in the end, Killian actually uh, scooped me and my exclusive is no longer an exclusive because he posted a video of himself with the with the haircut. Uh, please do go and look and um, see what you think. It's, I think, frankly, gorgeous um, and good for him. Good for you, 
Good for you, Killian. I'm happy for you. Okay, now it is time to talk celebs. Um, we have big news about Ryan Tuberty. Yes, that's right. He has a new gig in London um, and uh, very much looking forward to seeing how he gets on there. And of course, we'll be talking I'm a Celebrity, Billie Eilish. There's loads of great stuff to get through. And this week, I'm joined by the effervescent, the wonderful, the articulate, the charming, Emer McIlisett. Let's talk about it. Emer McIlisett. <laughs> Emer McLeisett, author of the publishing phenomenon that is the, oh my God, what a complete Ashling Books and Irish Times columnist. What a joy it is to have you here in my home. What a joy it is to be here. Oh, thanks, Emer. Just brushed one of your cats off my lap. Yeah, she loves you. She loves to cuddle with you. Who doesn't? <laughs> well, I mean, honestly, I feel like we were made for cuddling. Our, oh, bo- our bodies absolutely. were made for it. Absolutely top tier cuddling Goodly bodies. Lads. Um, okay, we've got a lot to talk about and we have to start, let's talk about it, with Ryan Tuberty. Um, because the announcement has officially been made. Ryan Tuberty has a new radio show on Virgin Radio in the United Kingdom. And he is moving to London town. Yeah, this That's, is wild. This is, is it? I mean, it was kind of expected. We He's been doing a lot of teasing on Instagram. Yeah. He's been doing a lot of um, what used to be on Facebook, like you okay, we used to call you okay, hon posts. Yeah, big things happening. Yeah, can't say much now, right now. <laughs> you know, watch out, watch, watch out, huns. Big things happening. Exactly. Um, and now he's announced, yeah, he's moving to the UK station Virgin Radio, most famous probably for being kind of helmed by Chris Evans. Yeah. Who does still does the breakfast show there. And like I've been getting texts, you know, the way when you get like forwarded many times. Yeah. So I got a text into one of my groups, like forwarded many times. Heard it's multi-million. It was it's like No a, way. <laughs> I was no like, way. maybe it is, but like who even started that message? I so look, I'm just gonna I'm gonna be frank. Okay. Go on. Now it's well documented on this podcast that I, I'm fond of Ryan Tuberty. Yeah. As are you. As am I. No beef with Ryan Tuberty. No, me neither. However, I really thought all this London stuff was posturing. I was like, the reason that he's over and back to London the whole time, like, and they keep saying, oh, big thing's happening. I was like, nothing's happening. And they're trying to kind of keep his name in the news, keep him relevant, keep him in the conversation, remind people that he's around. Mm. I really didn't think it was going to be something like this. Yeah. Because who the fuck knows Ryan Toberty in the UK? Yeah. I mean, he did feel like he was on, B- he has been on BBC. Yeah, he filled in for a few, few times. Weeks. It's hard to know because he was on with Chris Evans this morning yeah. on his radio show in the UK. Yeah. And they uh, posted a clip of it online. And I was like, but would anyone listening know who he is? That's what I, I mean. mean. He's obviously a household name here, but in the UK, I don't know. Um, So it's it's interesting. Um, And it's a big show, like 10 to 1. It's a big... Yeah, it's a big show. It's a big show. And plus, he's still going to be on radio here because he's going to be doing a weekend show that's going to be kind of syndicated around like Q102, 96FM in Cork, Live 95 in Limerick, places, things like that. Right. So it's interesting because he's still going to be in the Irish... Um, broadcasting landscape like he's not really going anywhere yeah I had a quick look on Twitter and quite typically especially given the way Twitter has gone these days Mm. it's all like oh Britain's welcome to him he's a turncoat yeah there's a lot there's the usual but like um like I feel a bit like okay fair play to him I feel fair play to him Uh, like I'm a little bit jealous to be honest like I mean pretty amazing to to be able to move over to such a it's amazing high profile gig it's amazing to walk away from the scandal that the Mm. whole thing turned out to be in RTE and to walk into a gig like that um it's like it's it's massive yeah yeah. Like, Graham Norton is on Virgin Radio. Do yeah. you know what I mean? Like, it's a really, really big deal. And, a few, like, a few of my WhatsApp groups, again, earlier on today were like, oh, it's not the BBC, though. And I'm like, 
does the BBC, I'd say Virgin Radio probably has more money than the BBC to throw at Ryan Tuberty. Yeah, so. but also I wonder if Ryan Tuberty would want to go back to an organization like the BBC. Maybe not. Like, you know, if you get burned in the way that he did by RT, I do believe he got burned by RT, I yeah. have to say. Like, did he make mistakes? I think yes, within it all. But I don't think he deserved what happened in the end. I mean, he kind of... He kind of fucked it at the end for himself. He should have yeah, just stayed quiet. A lot of, but like, look. There was a lot of fumbling. Yes. He fumbled the bag. But if you are coming out of an organization like Orti, as I have, you know, there's a freedom in not being there. Like, you can yeah. actually say what you want. You can have opinions. Like, you don't have to answer to people in the same way that you do. So maybe he doesn't want to be in the BBC. Yeah. Maybe he's always wanted to live in London. Who hasn't? Oh, <laughs> totally. I did enjoy... Um, so and also his kids are kind of grown up now, aren't they? Yeah, I think so. I think they're like definitely over 18. Yeah. I don't know where they live. I think he has two daughters. Um. So yeah, I mean... 23 and 17. Oh. Oh, wait, hang on. No. Hang on a second. Older? This is a long time ago. Oh, no, this is this year. Yeah, okay. 23 and 17. Okay. So, like, the 23-year-old is a grown-up. 17-year-old is nearly there. And I'm sure she's like, Dad, go yeah. enjoy yourself. Yeah. I'm delighted for him. Yeah, good for him. And and also jealous. But I am interested to know, do people know him already? Or are they just hoping that he'll, like, establish himself as kind of a new voice? I guess they are. Like, I... One of the reasons I am a fan of Ryan Turbody is because I was a fan of his, it's kind of like I prefer the early stuff. Mm -hmm. Like when he first made his name as a breakfast show presenter on 2FM and it, like everyone listened to it and mm. he was so, so, so funny. Yeah. And I don't, I'm, I don't know, is he still like that on the radio? Yeah. I think he's grown up a lot now, so he probably, but I, I don't know, is he going to go back to that kind of playful comedy thing and hopefully get people in that way yeah I kind of wonder that too because I think the thing is when you are Ryan Tuberty when you are the host of the Late Late Show and you're on Radio 1 there is a certain expectation of the type of broadcasting that you're yeah. going to do and the type of stuff that you're going to do on air and I think you would have to edit yourself and be careful and like you know I think most people anybody who's met Ryan Tuberty would know that he's got a glint in his eye and mm. like he's up for the crack so I hope that maybe he'll have a bit more room to yeah, yeah. so maybe it crack. will be like oh have you heard this new I don't know I mean he's 50 so yeah. it's not exactly saying hip new no radio broadcaster but is anyone saying that these anyway days? I'm know. very interested I'm very I'm interested. interested I really enjoyed this quote so Noel Kelly is still his agent of Noel Kelly who famously came to the fore yeah. during the whole scandal and he or said say they both know far too much about each other to ever yeah. go there separate ways he said we're incredibly proud, proud Ryan. take a bow Mr. Tuberty you are wonderful and inspirational I think he could have pulled that back yeah, a little that's bit that's a little bit that's a little bit oh, yeah. my mates but yeah. <laughs> yeah anyway listen well done Ryan fair um, play Ryan off you pop yeah remember us now when you're big in the UK this is it um, okay let's move on I'm a celeb is back um, and the there are two people on the lineup I think are worth noting one is Nigel Farage and the other is Jamie Lynn Spears mm. I was thinking similar <laughs> Cut from the same cloth um, I was thinking Because I got into Watching Big Brother Which is ending I think this Friday Yeah I was is. like Oh I'm gonna stay on my um, No I'm I, I think I'm one episode Behind Big Brother But I'm I'm very interested to I'm know recording a Patreon episode About it with James Kavanagh In 45 minutes Oh fun So I'm up to date It's 
I, I have just so enjoyed this series. Yeah, I have as well. Yeah. So I was like, oh, do you know what? I think I'm going to carry it on and mm. really get into I'm a Celeb. I haven't watched it in years. Like, I don't know. Have I watched it since Kerry Katona was Queen of the Jungle? I don't know. Yeah. That was a long time ago. I think it's had a few, like, because I really enjoyed it a few years ago. There was a year where everybody got on, just had loads of fun. Mm, I love and that was great. Like and that. then the last few years have not been as good. Um, and I was kind of excited about it. But now... Nigel Farage. Nigel Farage. So for anyone who has forgotten, uh, Nigel Farage used to be the head of UKIP, uh, the Brexit party, anti-immigration. Like he... He's a dickhead. He's a dickhead. <laughs> he's an alleged uh, racist, uh, homophobe, anti... You know, the usual, bad. And bad. He's bad. Right wing, fascist. Yeah. All those labels have been attached to him. Mm-hmm. And it just feels like such a cynical move by ITV to put him into the jungle. It's not the first time it's they've gross. done it. No, they did Matt Hancock. They did Matt Hancock, who famously had been caught during COVID having an affair with his. Mm. But that is. Who but that, even with that him. feels different. It This feels different because, like. Okay, yes, the COVID stuff and all the stuff around government partying during COVID in the UK, like that was all terrible and people had family members who were dying and, you know, not to make light of that. But Nigel Farage is like, he's a, he's a bad person. Like he's (laughs) objectively bad person. But like, why are they putting him in there? Like he's not an interesting character. He's a snake. The only thing for me is that I'm going to have an argument with myself now. <laughs> the only thing for me is that I there were moments in I'm a Celeb, because I did watch it when Matt Hancock was on, um, that, you know, I really did feel like he was confronted by people, yeah. you know, who had strong feelings about it within the camp. Yeah, I remember seeing clips of that. Yeah, and that was good. It was good to see him kind of have a normal person be like, that was not fucking cool. Like, uh, this is my experience. Like, you, blah, 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 blah. And like... You know, I like the idea of watching someone like take down Nigel Farage, but mm. the 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 problem is, and this is where I have the argument with myself, is that what you also end up doing is like you can't actually. And this is coming up in Big Brother at the moment as well. You just can't be with a human being all day, every day, and not find some way to get along. Like yeah. you will, yeah. You'll find a way, and eventually, you know, they will be humanized, mm-hmm. and you'll find a way to make yeah. peace. And so it's hard not to believe that that's what's going to happen in there. And that, you know, even as viewers, you're going to start to see him as a human being rather than the cartoon villain that he is currently. It happened with Ed Balls when he was on Strictly Come Dancing. And, you know, he doesn't have the same, you know, reputation or background that Nigel Farage has necessarily. But it was like, oh, here is this politician now goofily, you know, skipping the like Fandango across the dance floor. Mm -hmm. And it's similar. Are you going to watch Nigel Farage like having to sleep on a camp bed in the middle of the jungle and be like, oh, that does look a bit crap. Yeah. I do feel a bit sorry for Nigel. Like there's no need for this humanizing of him. And I don't know if Nigel Farage is takedownable in terms of being like accused of certain yeah. things. Like a school friend of his came out a couple of years ago and was like, he was doing some really dodgy stuff when he was a teenager. We're talking like singing Hitler youth songs and being Ugh. openly racist. And Nigel Farage, like he, yes, he definitely denied some of that. But then other times he was like, as for being a racist, like I just said some really silly things. And it's like, I mean. No, fuck out, you're a racist. Is that, you know, six of one and half a dozen of another? Yeah. But but it just feels like a step too far. Yeah. It really does. And it's overshadowing the Jamie Lynn Spears thing. Like she's another villain because especially if anyone has read Britney's book that came out uh, recently, mm-hmm. 
like Jamie Lynn does not get a good ride in it she's, and she never really has she does not I've it's been very funny um to see to see her because uh, there's a clip of her saying I'm best known for being an actor and singer and everyone is like really no no mom, bitch no, <laughs> you're best known for being Britney's sister yeah, like yeah. that's what you're known for like there are other people in it who are interesting um the Guardian did a fun ranking where they were like ranking the people who were going in I think there's 12 of them and obviously Nigel Farage was number 12 mm. and number one was Josie Gibson who won Big Brother like I don't know how many years ago and has been a presenter on This Morning and is generally accepted she's going to be like the likable funny one. I did enjoy there was a video of her arriving in the airport in Australia and she was surrounded by reporters and they were like oh you're here to do I'm a slim and she was like no I'm here to go on a weight loss retreat but she couldn't say it with a straight face she just like burst out (laughs) laughing and then every time they asked her a question she was like I don't know I'm here for a weight loss retreat (laughs) laughing her head off. Um, And Nigel Farage has been like stirring the pot a bit as well like saying he's been paid one and a half million pounds to go on it previously the most highly paid was Noel Edmonds who got 600 grand yeah it's hard to stomach isn't it and he's kind of like you know peacocking around going well I did like wouldn't you do it for one and a half million and it's like I don't know if I would and I definitely don't know if I do it with you Mm. but they've I think ITV have received like over a thousand complaints and the show hasn't even started yet doesn't start till Sunday Mm. like I'm surprised I wonder I suppose it wouldn't really matter to any of, to ITV, if any of the other contestants were like, I'm not doing it because he's doing it. Because they'd be like, well, I mean, he's the ratings puller, so we don't really care if you don't do it. But I wonder, is he the ratings puller, you know, or will people not watch because of him? Yeah, I, I'm less likely to watch now because I'm less likely it. to watch. I would definitely have watched. And like, and it's now going I'm like, to become oh. the Nigel Farage show because when Matt Hock- Hancock was on it, yeah. he got all of like the bush trucker trials and he had to do all of the yeah. nasty things. And that's what's going to happen here. Yeah. People who do end up watching or there's going to be a lot of fence sitters or a lot of you yeah. can't say anything anymore. People going like, oh, he deserves to be on it just like anyone else. It's like, does he? No, he doesn't. He doesn't. <laughs> Get out of our lives. I don't like Nigel Farage. Can you tell? Okay, let's move on to a much nicer story. I I am firmly on board the Swift Kelsey ship oh train gosh. ship. Is there a person alive who hasn't my mother maybe who hasn't seen the footage of her singing? What was it? Karma is a guy. Karma is the guy on the Chiefs coming straight home to me. It's she changed the words of her song Karma. He was in the sta- in the stadium in Argentina to see it. Her was dad kick- was beside him, excited. I was kicking my legs. I was giggling like a child. I <laughs> For was me, like, it was Ooh. the video of her running off stage she- and running up to him and giving him a kiss and a hug. Yeah. And I mean, the cynical. So I'm I'm a, a Swifty. I love Taylor. I'm mm-hmm. loving this relationship for her. The cynical part of me is. They could easily have done, like he was standing in front of like a tented black tunnel. They could easily have had that reunion in that tunnel. I know, but like, why does everyone have to ruin everything know, with cynicism? I know. And why I hate, can't we just enjoy something nice? I, because we have the painful memory of the Tom Hiddleston era in our minds. And like, I was pro Taylor and Tom Hiddleston. I didn't want to believe that anyone could do something so cringy on purpose to try and mm. fool people because it what you remember the I heart T yes. S. How can I forget? I was burned just into like, my memory. I just don't think anyone would put on this as a show and think they could pull it off. I was like, for that reason, I think it has to be genuine. Yeah. Like, unless they were trying to pull some kind of double bluff. I don't know. It was I very just, confusing time. Yeah, it was. But I believe this. I believe this and I want it for them. Yeah, I believe that they really fancy each other. I believe they're having a great time. I believe they both 
are gaining from it. Like yeah. he is a man, like he's done a reality show before, like I watched it. Travis a day. Oh, how was it? I watched it when it airs. How did he come off? Um, like, uh, you know. Yeah. Like a football player. Yeah. Like, kind of a, you know. Yeah. Um, he came off, he came off well. Yeah. Like I like him better now than I did then. Like it was a long time ago. Like okay. when was it? Well, he was in his 20s. Was it he? was probably eight years ago or something. Okay. I don't know when that show came out. Um, I'll do some Googling now in a minute. Okay. But um, hang on, Dick. Travis Kelsey dating show. Let's just let's just find it yeah. out. Like even the fact that he flew to Argentina, he was on his bye week, like BYE, something to do with football. I don't know. I was like, <laughs> I'm not clicking. I'm not googling it. He had a week off. It's a week. He doesn't guessing. have a it doesn't have a match. Yeah, yeah. a match. <laughs> Is it not a match? American football match. I think it's a game. <laughs> football game. 2016. Okay, so it's seven years yeah. ago. Yeah. So like, I see, the thing for me is I had become aware of Travis Kelsey. So I actually hadn't made the connection that I had, it was catching Kelsey that I'd watched because okay. at that time my life had a lot of free time. I was watching every reality TV show I could. Um, but um, I became recently more aware of him as a result of him and his brother playing on opposite teams yeah. at the Super Bowl last year. Yeah. And there was that gorgeous viral footage of the two of them and their mother. And then... Oh my God, that was them. Yes. <sighs> Travis Kelsey's Chiefs won the Super Bowl. Knocked his brother's on the Philadelphia Eagles lost. Yes. Interestingly, Philadelphia Eagles, Taylor Swift's father's yes. team. Taylor Swift is from... Phil Isn't yes. she from Pennsylvania? She's from yeah. Pennsylvania, yeah. Um, the Chiefs and the... Philadelphia Eagles are playing this Monday. Yeah, so apparently the parents are going to meet. Yes, for the I first know. time. I heard. And Taylor Swift's father is being called a turncoat because he was seen wearing a Kansas Chiefs lanyard. Well, the two brothers discussed this on their podcast, which I'm now getting constantly on TikTok. I know. And um, because the the... Eagle's brother was like, oh, how do you swing that kind of thing? And he was like, oh, I may have like done some sweet talking at dinner the night before. Oh, like, I don't know. Some great sweet talking. But yeah, so because I became <laughs> aware of Travis Kelsey in the context of that and then, but then recently the thing that really got me to like him was there's this clip from their podcast um, and I'll, I'll try and remember. I'm going to make a note. jeans. Yes. Yes, I know the clip. Let's move on to some Kelsey premiere. Hey, how was it, brother? It was actually pretty cool. Really enjoyed it. We had a picture of you on the green carpet, not the red carpet. You really got dressed up. I was going to have jeans on, but Kylie... Kylie what? Kylie was uh, running late. <laughs> I just came straight from football. Kylie was going to bring the jeans. Kylie was late. Why didn't Jason bring jeans for Jason? Because I was at football. <laughs> and I needed the jeans... For after football. And I'm not going to wear jeans all day. That's just not, doesn't sound fun. And I'm realizing now I probably can't blame Kylie for this. Anyways, so, yeah, I wore shorts and uh, sandals. She was too busy putting jeans on the three girls. Yeah, she was too busy getting the entire family situated with the babysitter and then getting herself ready and making sure her parents are with her. I can't just see you pulling up. You don't have my jeans? I'm going to look like an idiot. Gosh, so true. So true. <laughs> I was like, yes, Travis Kelsey. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Like, he just seems decent. And he's so tall. He's a very <laughs> handsome like, man. Like, she is tall. Yeah. Do you know what? He's very twinkly eyed. Yeah. He's, he's, he's a zaddy. He is. <laughs> and he's also, he also doesn't seem, he seems really confident. Yeah. Like, he doesn't seem, I love how well I know him. He doesn't seem phased. By her 
career or success at all and obviously because it's the Swifties like I mean they've dug up every single bit of evidence over the number of years his ex-girlfriend is getting a bit of yeah like (laughs) there is nothing that has gone unnoticed because of the Swifties but like what they found is that he for years has been saying that Taylor he fancies Taylor Swift but he also for years has been saying that what he wants is someone who's like really focused on success and who's really ambitious and who's really into her own career yeah so like rather than being intimidated by it it's something that he's been looking for. Yeah. And I do think she's just been with fucking dweebs. Yeah. Uh, speak, not connected, Joe Alwyn made his first public appearance. <laughs> <laughs> Ever? In six months at the GQ Awards mm. uh, earlier in the week. I feel a bit sorry for I feel. Do I you don't. know what? I feel a little bit of kinship with Joe Alwyn and it's only because he was in conversations with friends, which is tangentially, tangentially... Oh, is connected to normal people, which is part of our DNA now mm-hmm. as, as Irish people. So mm-hmm. I'm a bit like, well, Joe Alwyn is kind of part of our DNA. No, as well. I don't accept him. Okay. Well, he made I'm a, sorry. I see where you're coming from. I don't the accept him. The Swifties hated Joe Alwyn because he kept, they were like, he kept her in a box. She, she likes her relationships to be public. She likes, you know, to show them off. And he wouldn't let her do that. He was always like, I don't want to be in the public eye. They were together for five years. So, yeah. I mean, she, you know, and we don't know that like obviously we don't know yeah. that but a chunk of the relationship was in COVID as exactly. well like we don't know but I think there has been a flavor of her success being intimidating for guys and blah 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 yeah. anyway look I one more little tip before we go the the Kelsey brothers have recorded their own version of Fairy Tale of New York I saw that. I watched a little clip of it yeah you're the king of South Philly I mean come on no come on sorry again it's a no from me <laughs> um, Billie Eilish has spoken to Variety magazine um and it's a really interesting chat. I'm yeah. obsessed with Billie Eilish. Yes. Yeah, um, and she spoke once more about her choice to wear baggy clothes yeah. and um, kind of trying not to be sexualized, basically, as a woman yeah. in the industry. I thought she had an interest. I think it even goes a little bit further than not wanting to be sexualized. She basically said if she had shown her body when she was younger and if anyone had said anything about her body, she just wouldn't have been able for it. She just didn't want the attention on her body, which I think goes a little bit further than not wanting to be sexualized. I think it was, it's more almost just not wanting to be seen. Yeah. Not want, there's a whole thing at the moment about people not Perceiving wanting to be perceived. You, yeah. And I think it's almost that. Mm. It's like, and she, but she does go on to say that like her puberty was early. She had boobs when she was nine. You yeah. know, she was, you know, she wore tank top when she was 16 and people, it was all people could talk about. And you're like, she is a child. Yeah. Like, these are children you're talking about. Well, yeah, because like when I played her on the radio first, um, and by the way, <laughs> there is someone else who claims to be the first person in Ireland to play Billie Eilish on the radio. And I know it was me for a <laughs> fact. Because I played her when she was 13. Oh my goodness. Like, she was so young. Yeah. So yeah. young. Um, but... Y- and so it makes sense. And I'm glad that she protected herself in that yeah. way. But she says like she didn't feel desirable. She didn't feel hot. She didn't feel feminine. Like she just wanted to hide away. Mm. She didn't want anyone looking at her. And it's not that it's all anyone's ever talked about about her, but it's been talked about so much. Yeah. And she had this great quote in the interview she did where she was like, a man can be whatever body type he wants. Like obviously 
it's not that all men like men it's not that men aren't criticized for their body types but she's like they're all accepted and if they're not the ideal body type they're given a cute name or that you know mm. it's dad bods or yeah she says if you're muscular that. cool if you're not cool if you're real thing cool if you have a dad bod cool if yeah. you're pudgy love it everybody's happy with it and she says you know why because girls are nice they don't give a fuck because we see people for who they are yeah it's interesting. It is interesting, but I also think that a lot of the problematic body stuff comes from women. Yeah, I was thinking that I was as I was reading down through this Billie Eilish stuff, and I was like, it's not all coming from men. The no. fa- you know, no, we can't. Unfortunately, no. we cannot blame men. For it's very much a not all men moment. Mm. But I just feel really sorry for her that this is something that has. Again, it hasn't overshadowed her career, but has been such a huge part of her career. That it, that she had to factor it in. And had to factor in from such a young age. Yeah. And the fact that she was wearing baggy clothes as a literal child, she's asked about why did you wear baggy clothes? And she's like, because I was a child mm. and I was embarrassed mm. that people might look at my body and say something about it. Mm. You know, also of interest to some people, uh, she said in the interview that she is physically attracted to women. Yeah. Was that the first time she said that? I So she, um, years ago, did like, I don't know, was in an Instagram live or something and someone asked about her sexuality and she was like, I am straight. She's like straight as an arrow, straight, 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 straight. Yeah. And then she had never like verbally said anything different and she has publicly had relationships with men. But there have been question marks. Like a lot of people have been like, she just kind of gives queer energy. Yeah, she does. Yeah. And then she recently posted a couple of things. Like she posted with a filter on her face that said gay and tired. And like, she's kind of answered questions in like a mixed up way. She said her celebrity crush was Maya Hawk. So like people have been like, oh, she's sending out the bat signal. You know what I mean? But this (laughs) is the first time that she's fully confirmed it. Yeah. And she said it a couple of times in the interview. I think She did. Yeah. yeah. So I think this is, this is her. It's a win for the girlies. Saying it. Yes. (laughs) A great signing for the LGBTQ plus. Okay, well, we do not have time to talk about anything else, okay. Emer, Um, But what we can do is just acknowledge that Kurt Cobain's cigarettes are on sale. <laughs> They're up, I checked just before we recorded. They're up to $3,000 for one pack of cigarettes. They're being auctioned off. They were like, would you smoke them? No, they, no, because I gave up smoking in 2017. Thank you one, very much. Smoking is bad for you. But two, I don't think they would taste very nice no. after all these years. I'm just not sure I would want like someone else to see it. Just, I mean, what are you going to do with them? They're just going to be in no your house. Yeah. I don't know. It gives me kind of like an existential crisis. I'm and like, then, why? yeah. <laughs> and then finally, uh, Kat Dealey and Rylan have been presenting this morning um, recently and everybody thinks they should be the permanent hosts. And I mean, I actually they, think it's a great idea. They will. They reenact. I don't know if anyone remembers Wonky Donkey. From of course. The, uh, SMTV. Wonky Donkey, Wonky Donkey. Um, they brought it back. Because mm. Kat was presenting on this morning. And it was so joyous. And she's great. Ryland's great. Mm. She's back in the UK probably full time now. Because as we know her husband Paddy is presenting the Late Late Show. So mm. you know. She needs a job. I, fair play to her. Yeah. Um, okay. Emer. People can read you in the Irish Times on Fridays. Yes. They can, can buy. Oh my God, what a complete ashing. I gathered the. I've I've gotten some messages about the audiobook. The audiobook <laughs> is coming. We think. I mean. We haven't been given the very, very, very date, but it's very early January. We're yeah. getting so many messages. It, 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 they usually come out at the same time. There was a delay. Yeah, we couldn't. Shit help, we couldn't help it. It yeah. is coming out. We're gonna have a pre-order link soon. I'm so sorry if you're waiting, but yeah, um, Ashing Ever After is the fifth book. It's out now. You could buy all five for somebody as a Christmas present. It would that would be, be a stunning Christmas present. Stunning. And who doesn't like? 
people who don't have kids who have time to read. Who doesn't like snuggling up in those days in between Christmas and New Year with a good book? A great book, Louise. I think you'll find. A super book. <laughs> the best book in the world. Thank you. The best five books to ever have been written. I have my nails painted in the colours of all five books. Is that what it is? Yeah, They're so cute. Going to the book awards next week. Oh, of course. Yeah. I love it. Thank well, you. Imran McLeisett, thank you so much. Thank you. Just about time for me to go and I'm afraid I don't really have any recommendations this week. I haven't had time. I haven't had time to take anything in. Big Brother is also taking up a lot of my time as I'm sure you'll appreciate because it is on six days a week and I'm so enjoying it. Also so excited that they've announced a celebrity Big Brother for uh, next year, early next year. I love Celebrity Big Brother. Um, But I just wanted to, I realized um, I haven't asked you for ages. If you wouldn't mind doing an L rate and review of the podcast, it would be so appreciated. Um, I always forget to ask, uh, but it would be really appreciated. If you haven't subscribed, please do subscribe. I'm so bad at the the like actual podcasting bits. Um, But if you took the time, it would mean a lot to me and it would help me get the word out about the podcast. Um, But also, I just want to say thank you very much. As I said, when I was talking to Carl, I've been going through a bit of a weird like crisis of confidence. Um, I think it's just a symptom of working on your own. Uh, When, you know, I, I genuinely work on my own all week. I don't, you know, I go and I have you know, I go to beauty meetings and beauty events and stuff like that, but everything else is really on my own. Um, and sometimes you can get a bit, I think, bogged down in your own thoughts about your place in the world. And what's, what's the point of it all anyway? All that kind of crack. Um, but, you know, your support and kindness and feedback and all of that is so massively appreciated, really and truly. So um, I don't think I'd, I'd keep going, to be honest, if, if it wasn't for you guys. I mean, I wouldn't. There would be literally no point. But like, you know, I, I really would be lost without you. If you have opinions on the podcast, if you have opinions on what we talked about, if there's a story you think I should be talking about, if there's just something you'd like to hear me talking about, please do send me a voice note. 089-209-6423. That's 89 209 6423. I love to hear from you. Like truly, I love it. So please don't be shy. I do use the voice notes for the Patreon uh, for the mailbag episode, but that's just a lovely little community of people and everyone is sound and it's not like thousands of people. So um, I wish there's me. Uh, it's not thousands of people, It's a, but it is a beautiful number uh, of, of beautifully minded people. So don't be afraid. Okay. I think that's enough, my friends. I love you. I hope you're okay. We're nearly at Christmas. We're nearly at a break, hopefully. If you're not, I hope you're not someone who has to work all over Christmas. We're getting there. And um, I so appreciate you for being here, as I have said repeatedly. I hope you have a good week. Thank you to ACAST and for having me on the net. Thanks to ACAST for having me on the network and to all of my brilliant contributors. I really hope you have a good week. But if you can't have a good week and they can't all be good, just keep going. One foot in front of the other. And we'll talk again next week. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen 
premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.